previously on Box Cutters. Do you like Conan? Who doesn't? I was actually Conan for Halloween once awesome. when I was about 10. That, that was, I was Conan the Barbarian. Cool. Because that's what I'm into. <coughs> Fighty things. I was Lady Macbeth in grade. Your entire life. Grade six. That's pretty know. fucking cool. That is really cool. It's making men do bad shit. Box Cutters. Good evening, viewers, and welcome to Box Cutters episode 353. My name's Brett Cropley. In the studio for this episode, Marion Blythe. Hello. Rachel Howe. Hi, everyone. Chris Duddy. Yes. And uh, a, a studio audience. Woo! 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 <laughs> We tried to amper up with fizzy drinks, but it didn't work. Can I point something out at the start of this episode? Yes, please do. That I've been really sick for the last three weeks, and I don't usually sound like this. This is probably my worst, Not but cool. I'm dedicated to the cause. But the box cutters rule of three, I'm a bit stressed about this episode, like, because if they don't like us after this episode, you know. They'll so, stop um, watching us. So because I've been sick, I think that I should get a sick leave, and um, you should have another three episodes, dear listener, to decide if you hate me or not. Um, I am enjoying the sexy voice, though, Marion. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not enjoying it. It's like razor blades. On this episode, uh, we've got a review of the new English show, Big School. Uh, we are looking at uh, the crush of the week, which isn't the crush of the week. It's Marion's All My Crushes. Uh, we have a bit of an Emmys rundown. Uh, the Emmys, of course, uh, as we were recording here on Monday night, were uh, this morning, uh, Melbourne time. Bit of a rant from the angry old man. We'll be telling you what to watch. And uh, some pork and say what? But as always, let's kick things off with the Box Cutters News. Stephen Bochco, who uh, long-time TV viewers may know from uh, some of his work in the past, such as uh, NYPD Blue, uh, LA Law, and Hill Street Blues, where one of our sign-off little catchphrases Ooh. comes from, uh, did he has Doogie Howser as well. Do I think he did. Has been commissioned to make ten episodes of a new show called Murder in the First, which will be set in San Francisco, working with comedy. Working with homicide detectives, not comedy detectives. <laughs> with uh, Tay Diggs and Kathleen Robertson. Do they wear clown suits? They do. Mm. Yep. yep. Keystone cops. Their cars are really, really tiny. <laughs> and they have teams of 20. Doogie. <laughs> <Yeah>. Doogie. <laughs> um, Larry Emder is... Uh, have we seen... Is Larry Emder still on our screens? Yeah, he's on the um, daytime Channel 9, like the morning show after the sun, sun... Whatever the hell that other thing is. So it's not still doing The prices Right? Mm, I don't think... Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, if you liked, if you liked uh, his, his uh, kind of patter with the contestants coming on down, then you'll love that he'll, he's doing a pilot for a late-night talk show. Wow. I want to see Blue Larry. That's what I, yeah. You think he's going to be able to uh, go blue? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. He, 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 because he. Does that mean that he'll swear a lot or he, that he'll be a cop? He'll be, he'll be. <laughs> what does that mean? Swearing. It oh. means he'll hold his breath be a bit, be until he turns <laughs> physically blue. Uh, I'd pay to see that. I mean, I'd, I'd watch that free. It's uh, going to be on Channel 7, and uh, apparently they're going to give it a run over the summer non-ratings period, uh, which will be an, an opportunity for it not to be under so much pressure. It won't be under so much pressure because it'll be late night anyway. Oh, so he must um, be. And, and also to hopefully get gain a loyal following uh, to go into the New Year's ratings season, much like Channel 10 did with the 7pm project. And former guest of Box Cutters, Sabur Bradley, uh, we had him in a few episodes ago talking about his show on ABC2 called Head First, uh, has been given a second season of five episodes can, on ABC2. Can you remind us what Head First is? Uh, it's a uh, Sabur Bradley's uh, a bit of a a bit of a Michael Moore kind of documentary maker. A little bit like Louis Theroux. Okay. So, so one episode was... Uh, Nobody's like Louis Theroux. ...was with the local woman who wanted to break into the US uh, as a as a starlet or some sort, and, and uh, there was a serious offer about oh, cool. uh, fake uh, releasing a sex tape. And, oh, and yeah. Like yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, a pretty spectacular show, especially for ABC2. There is some talk about uh, wanting to get a bit of crowdsourcing, according to tvtonight.com.au which I guess will just go towards uh, being able to make it a better show. And that is the Box Cutters News. Good evening, viewers. This is Sandra Sultry. I've been playing with my box on the Box Cutters. I'm busy. I have a very important letter for you. Hello. Oh. I'm Sarah, Mrs Kent's replacement. Not that anybody could replace her, but I'm replacing her. Mr... Mr... Mr Church... Keith Church. All the kids call me Churchy. No, they don't. What's in the letter? Oh, there, there's, there's nothing. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, was that your foot? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I've got another one. Oh, I've got another one, she says. Very comical. <laughs> I was the funny one in my last school. Looks like it'll be the same here. Give me the letter. Oh, no, it's, it's best to, best to I, I just read it to you. Uh, dear headmistress, just to say how much I'm enjoying my time at school and I hope for it to continue for many years to come. Also, it was lovely to meet the hilarious new French teacher, Susan. Sarah. Uh, And uh, just to say, she has very, very, very beautiful hair. Mm, Get that a lot. Mm. Yours sincerely, Keith Church, Deputy Head of Science. And all that was in the letter, was it? Yes, it was. So there's no need for you to read it. (laughs) It won't take up any more of your time. (laughs) Au revoir. Vous parlez français? No, you don't, do you? Big School is a situational comedy centering around teachers at an English secondary school that's airing on BBC One in the UK. It has the guy from Little Britain, the guy from Life on Mars, the annoying woman from The Thick of It, and the titular woman from the Catherine Tate show. It's uh, a bit like a retirement home for comic actors that used to be moderately good. Oh, oh ouch. Discuss. <laughs> is that all you're giving us? <laughs> what's, what's the show about, Rachel? Well, the show uh, is, takes place at a secondary school in England um, and it centres around the lives of the teachers at the school. You don't really ever see much to do with the students unless it's involved in, in some sort of exchange between the teachers. Um, and the main characters are David Williams, who is a neurotic, one might even say slightly autism spectrum 
spectrum disordered um, man who is in his 40s and still a virgin, um, who is a science teacher, uh, who is constantly trying to get the kids interested in science by performing experiments with large explosions, but uh, they're much more interested in their cell phones. Uh, And then... Enter Miss Poston, a new teacher played by Catherine Tate. Um, She is the new French teacher at the school after the previous French teacher dies of anaphylactic shock Mm -hmm. on holiday in France. Um, Anyway, so Miss Poston comes in and um, the moment that she walks into the school, it just shakes things up a bit because all of the male teachers fall in love with her immediately, at least two, two of them. them. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so David Williams meets, he's, he's about to resign. He hates his job. Mr. Um, Mr. Church. Because, Mr. yes, Church. Mr. Church uh, is, is David Williams' character. And um, he's about to resign, goes into the principal's office to hand in his letter of resignation when he sees the beautiful Miss Poston, played by Catherine Tate, and just falls madly in love with her upon sight. Decides not to resign so that he can win her heart. And his main rival is the uh, the athletic coach at the school, played expertly, in my opinion, by Philip Glenister, who you may have recognized from... TV series Life on Mars. Life on Mars. And then Ashes Gene to Ashes. Genius. Sorry? I, I found I found that he, he physically seemed a lot smaller in this than he did in Life on Mars. It was, it was weird. They probably shot him to look really larger than life in Life on Mars because he's this sort of godlike character. So that does make sense. Yeah, but uh, he's still, I think he's still a, an impressive I mean, this is, man. this is kind of a, a weedy games teacher who, yes. who still lives with his mother. That's right, yeah. Who, so. who may, like he, he makes a big a big deal about how many women he's had and yes, all that sort of yes, stuff. So but he, he may, in fact, be also virginal. Yes, yes, and... Um, I, I think perhaps that'll be explored further. In one episode, uh, another teacher describes him as a sex man. Sorry, that's a terrible Welsh accent, but uh, which apparently is a man who has sex regularly. Um, but this is yet to be <laughs> this is yet to be confirmed. But yeah, so anyway, so we've got this very sort of um, gritty, sort of really, really crude sort of character who's just constantly sexually harassing everyone around him. Um, He's really aggressive, but um, is actually probably quite, you know, probably doesn't really have all the bite behind the bark. Um, And then we've got um, sort of on the the other end of the scale, we've got um, David Williams, really sort of shy, geeky character who's, um, you know, trying to win win over this teacher's heart so we've got like this nice sort of comedic rivalry going on between them and um then you've got um Catherine Tate's character who's who's this kind of real uh very sort of she speaks French yeah she's, uh, she speaks French but well. she's, she's she's uh and, yeah I like she, her I confidence yeah she's she, confident. she's uh she's she's kind of up herself mm. like she she really um, I like it yeah, she, I think she's. I think she's funny because she's um, hilariously like overly self confident mm. and uh, just sort of does not accept any any evidence to the contrary that that perhaps she's not right about everything all the time and and that that causes for you know comedic premises to erupt everywhere. Don't ask her what genesis quoi means. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I I um, I really 
enjoyed the show, um, I have to say. It took me a few episodes to get into it. It's it's an interesting show. It's uh, Like mm. all of those central characters, they're, they're all losers, but I'm not sure they're lovable losers. Um, I, I began to love them over time because I, I think that even though they have this sort of open rivalry with each other, they're... I don't know. By the end, they always sort of end up doing the right thing, and it's just kind of, I don't know. I think I think overall they are generally fairly sweet, and it's not really a. It, it yeah. I I it's think the Cosby Show theory. What's that? Everything works out in the end. Everything sort of does kind of work out in the end, or we're back to the status quo by the end of the episode, like like well, should have in a situation comedy. Nobody's yet had sex with no Ms. Boston. Exactly. So it's, it's it was always rumored. It was heavily rumored. Yeah, but it, it's obvious that um, that you know she likes the, that she does like him, and that she, he'll probably get her in the end. Um, and it keeps being these situations in which she kind of tries to sleep with him, but then it all goes horribly wrong, and it's quite. There, yes, there's a time when they get drunk together, and she's sort of openly throwing herself at him, but then something else happens. Don't want to spoil it. They get interrupted. Yeah, it is quite, I think it's quite obvious that she really does like him and she's always kind of trying to facilitate a, f- a situation in which they can get together, but then he's sort of Epis- too awkward to, yeah. to go for it. Yeah. Episode three, Facebook. That's why I don't do Facebook. <laughs> yes, said. yes, in the Facebook episode, she definitely is quite clearly throwing herself at him. Like, it's pretty clear that she's, she likes him as much as he likes her, but she just doesn't want to admit to it, of course. So yeah. I need to make a little bit of a confession. Mm. So I've been sick, right, obviously. Yes. And uh, on a lot of meds. And um, I might have fallen asleep whilst watching it. <laughs> and, um, and so I only really got through the first 20 minutes of the first episode. Okay. Um, but I... It was so, only 28 yeah. minutes, I think. <laughs> so I wasn't in love with it, but um, yeah. I can see where they could really grow their characters. So I'm I'm interested to keep... Yeah. Watching it because I really like... But Mr. Church, David Williams' character, mm. is... It's just his character... Like, he plays that... He's played that character before. We've mm. seen it. We've seen it a couple of times. And um, I really like Catherine Tate. I think she's a really good character actor. Yeah. And uh, I love Ms. Barron, the principal. Oh, yes. From, she's um, great, isn't she? Because she's, she's on, in the Harry Potter films, isn't she? Oh, I'm sure she's a Harry... Hang on. She's got a familiar face, and, and I hadn't been able to, to pick it. I, I did see that uh, she was in Harry Potter... Uh, yeah, right. But she does have a familiar face. Yeah. 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 I'm a mad Harry mm. Potter fan. Um, so, so her, the actress Frances Deladour. Uh, okay. So I like her. I really like her character because she's one of the. She's like, um, she's like Dylan Moran's character from Black Books. Like she just doesn't give a <laughs> shit about anything. She's like, yeah. whatever, get out, so I can have a drink, kind of thing. Yes, which I love. Yeah, she's she's um, she offers quite a lot of um, sort of comedy just through her deadpan. Yeah, I wasn't laughing at all. I was not laughing. I didn't second, laugh in the first episode. Was, it's not outwardly funny. No, I think that. Do, do you still think it's a sitcom? Absolutely. Yeah, of course it's a sitcom. But well, you didn't laugh. I, I didn't laugh in the first episode, but once I got to know the characters by the last ep- by the last episode, once you recognize the particular idiosyncrasies of the characters and um, they're given situations in which to to highlight all of their their flaws as it should be in a good comedy i think it works i think it works well like i'd probably have to watch I probably wouldn't find it funny unless I'd watched it up until that point. But once once I got used to the characters, then definitely I found it very funny. Yeah. 
So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's absolutely the best comedy show I've seen, but I, I would say that I found it very endearing and that I did really get into it. The opening titles have have most of the cast uh, it, it, it set up as a as a school photo, yes. and it it uh, kind of focuses on on each of the cast members, mm-hmm. all of them looking pretty uncomfortable and yeah. unhappy, apart from to- David Williams, who, who kind of looks full of himself. Yes, I I wondered if that was how the the actors themselves were actually feeling about being in this show. Oh, really? Is that? I, yeah, I yeah. Think it, it was, was so unfunny for me, it's a bit, and it's awkward as well. Which um, you know, I mean. The storyline is awkward, and Mr. Church is definitely an awkward character. Mm. Yeah. But um, I think everything about it is a bit mm, meh. And I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that's the state of, of uh, secondary education in the UK, that just nobody can be taught at all. Yeah. yeah because because if, if the way that these people teach in that school is anything like real life, then they're, that's pretty they're not teaching anything. Yes. They're, they're the worst with, teachers ever. Yes. It goes with the name of the high school, doesn't it? Greyfields. Yes. Yeah, it's just sort of big. Yeah, good point. Mm. Um, there's six. Grey. There's only six episodes, so you've you've watched all the episodes, right? Yes, you? I have. Yeah. Is I there s- a? Is there a? Like, is does the narrative end, or is it an opening for the next? Definitely an opening season? for the next. Season. I was hoping for a payoff in the sixth episode, right. and there was none. There definitely wasn't any. It was just another episode, really. I thought it was a very funny episode. I I enjoyed it, but obviously no one else did. Now, now full disclosure, I, I did come to this being being antagonised by Catherine Tate. I've yeah. never found her funny. I, I, oh, okay. I actively shun yeah. the Catherine Tate show because it was just a, an exercise in engendering. Catchphrases. I agree with you. I don't think the ca- yeah. I, I'm not particularly enamoured of the Catherine Tate show. Like the skits that I've seen, I didn't find particularly special. But I do like her as a comedic actress, and I think that given a good script and um, other good, uh, a good ensemble cast to play off of each other, I think that she's great. I liked her as a like semi dramatic actress in Doctor Who as the sidekick in Doctor mm-hmm. Who, mm-hmm. like the companion. Sorry, not sidekick. Ah, uh, yeah. And I am a Whovian. Um But no, I thought she was really good, and she and I liked that she shook things up and like rubbed it, everyone up the wrong way. Like Doctor Who fans, your classic Doctor Who mm. fan, was, weren't really keen on. Catherine Tate, she didn't really fit the mould of companion, talk to her companion, and she did it really well. And I was really sad when her character left. Teddy, did you watch? Uh, you watched five episodes. I watched five episodes. I did. Uh, I think I'd, the secondary characters for mine should rate a mention. Some of those, and they're in. They're in every episode. Uh, I think we spoke about uh, Mrs. Kleb or Joanna Scanlon. I think is her name. She was in in the thick of it. Yep. And uh, Getting On, which was another good show. I don't know if you've seen that one, Getting On. Name rings a bell. I don't think I ever saw it. Late night nurse in a dementia ward in a hospital. But um, she was very good in that. Uh, So her character as the lesbian drama teacher is is good. It's a a big part. Uh, Mr. Hubble, the dementia-suffering head of science. Science, yes. <laughs> yes. Great name for a science teacher. Yeah. Like, they all get this to the, you know, each episode. They have their little bit, and it's, um, it's value. And a special shout-out as well to Pat, the, uh, the lab technician that works with uh, Mr. Church. <laughs> Who has a thing for Mr. Church. <laughs> yeah, yes, and she, she never an actually speaks. thing for Mr. Yeah. Yeah. And she was from a, a James Bond film. And very simple. Oh, I just really? recognised really? her. Mid- oh. uh, as a love interest? <laughs> no, no, she was a, a hard Russian KGB, KGB awesome. type but, um, I can see that. And Mr. Barber. I love Mr. Barber. The ongoing, 
the, the joke, Welsh teacher. He the, makes me cry. The going joke. He the really joke. does. Yeah, he's, for Mr. Barber. He's Mr. such a sad Barber. man, and I just I feel so sorry for him. But it's interesting because he seems to play a part, and, and this is only a spoiler if you haven't seen the first five minutes of the mm. first episode. He, he plays a part in his own torment, He's very which, which was never which was never really played out. That was the only reference that we saw to that throughout the series. Writing the graffiti on the school sign. Did he wrote the graffiti himself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did not catch that. So, so obviously he was Spoiler. he was in a position Spoiler. of yes. five minutes into the ten minutes into the first episode. Yes. Um, so he, it, it seemed like he was trying to engineer this thing so that he could force the headmistress to send him off on stress leave. Like right. Yes. Like Klinger in Mesh. So I'm, I'm not sure how much on, he was I actually taking it to heart. Wow! I, I completely didn't. missed that. Yep. Did I? Oh wow! Okay. Tricky, Brett. Tricky. I'm, with, I'm with you, Brett. I saw that. Hey, I, um, up on that. I just remembered where Ms. Barron, the actress, uh, Francis. Delatour was mm-hmm. the giant in Harry Potter, Hagrid's love interest. The giant, oh, yes! The uh, that's head, right. headmistress. So she's played a headmistress in, of. Uh, in the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, so ah. she's playing a headmistress again. Yes. Typecast. She's been typecast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mr. Martin, the music teacher. He's good oh, too. Oh, yes, that's right. He's sort yeah. of in the first few episodes, but then doesn't really show up again towards the. No. It's just too bad because he's a it's great It's kind character. of nice how... So, so he's in his late 20s, maybe, mm. um, and and a music teacher that poo-poos the classical masters and, yes. and can only name two of them. Yes. I liked him. In deference to... Hates the X Factor, but... Hates yeah. the X Factor, but you know, it was a contestant on yeah. The Voice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And also claims to be uh, massively knowledgeable on contemporary music, but then whenever he's questioned about you know naming Oasis. actual songs, yeah. or he just completely blanks. Doesn't like, know who the Kaiser Chiefs are. Or, or yeah, <laughs> yeah, or says that the Kaiser Chiefs are his favorite them. band, but doesn't know their most popular <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah. It's, yeah, he was good. Even yeah. though it seemed that he was explaining the, the rhythm of, of their number one hit single in yes, the first yes. scene. So it was quite clearly ironic. That's Big School, which is airing here uh, locally at 8.30 on Tuesdays on Channel 9 for the time being. I guess I'll yeah. go to the first episode out there and uh, then we'll see how they go. Mm. Little Britain was on, on commercial TV here for a little while, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. 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 I, I, I have to say, I wasn't a massive fan of Little Britain. I want that one. Yeah. There was some you don't want that one, do you? <laughs> I think it was very much like you were describing Catherine Tate show, as, as in it had catchphrases, but then it would sort of just repeat the ad nauseum. It would have one little skit that was originally funny, but then it would just repeat it and wouldn't actually well, add anything Some would value. say that adds to, to yeah. the humour. I I totally think, disagree. I think Little Britain lost it, like after see, like the first season was really, really good, and then yeah, it just kind of lost its mojo. I like the first two episodes were very funny, but then I just felt like it was very sameish. And and I do have to admit, though, I absolutely love David Williams. I just think he's adorable, and I do have a bit of a crush on him. So it'll be really interesting to see how it goes on <laughs> uh, Channel Nine. Yeah, as yeah. far as Crushed an original the idea, I'm just going to want to put this one out there. As far as teachers, you know. A, a sitcom about teachers it, it's got nothing on seven periods with mr gormsby it's a new zealand program oh, okay same premise teachers but mainly focused on this mr gormsby mm-hmm. that mm. that is classic teacher comedy that is one to look out for all my crushes are about you and it's my crush of the week 
I'm really excited. I want to know who your crush is because you have you you've kept it a secret until now, and I really want to know. It actually is inspired by you. It has something oh. to do with you. So you what? Were, you were talking about uh, your one thing to watch last week was Mindy Project. Oh yes, yes, yes. And yes. so of course I revisited a bit of Mindy. Uh, I love Mindy. She's awesome. And of course I'm crushing on her because she's just You can't great. have Chris Messina, no, he's mine. No, no, I don't want Chris. Oh good. I have no feeling toward I have no feeling toward Chris at all. Not okay. from any of his roles. But who I am madly in love with is Mark Duplass. Really? Oh my God. I do like him. So I fell in love with him when at last year's Melbourne International Film Festival I saw Safety Not Guaranteed. I love that movie. I fell in love with him in that movie too. Love him. And then I saw him. So, so was it the scene where he was on the guitar? <laughs> it's always the guitar. You know you know it's always the guitar. Aww. Because a man holding a guitar is 40% more attractive. doesn't matter if he's playing it. He just has to be holding it. So, fellas, just get yourself a guitar as a prop. Don't even need to play it. Does um, it need strings? What yeah. about air guitar? Yeah. Air guitar, no. In fact, that's probably the other way on the scale. 40% off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes but, me a zero. But if you, if you get a tool belt, then 20%. So, you know, just, just work, work with it, tool belts. Anyway, but I, didn't, I wasn't interested in the Mindy Project at all, right? My friend kept going on and on about the Mindy Project. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I saw a bit of it on TV the other night. I wasn't really interested. didn't grab me until I realised that Mark was on it. Oh, really? It's one of those fake doctors. Mm-hmm. So I started watching it and uh, I'm in love with him. So he is my crush of the week. Hi, Rob Brealy, executive producer of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? You're listening to Box Cutters and I'm here with three of the most handsome men I think I've ever met in my entire life. The Emmys overnights uh, were held in the palatial United States. There was controversy about the... There was controversy. Controversy, controversy, whatever. About, about, about Best Actor? No, about um, Corey Monteith's memorial. Oh, because, what did they do? Well, he, Corey Monteith was the guy from Glee who died of a drug overdose mm-hmm. this year. Wasn't it a toss oh. of a coin over who was going to get the memorial? Well, uh, yeah. Big, Is so this where the controversy lies? The controversy was uh, because they, they they decided to exclude Jack Klugman uh, from the tribute oh, and Quincy Jack Cl- Me. Klugman, yeah, from the Odd <gasps> Couple, Quincy Me, um, oh. and his son then was like WTF. Um, what? Sorry, but I think my dad's um, television. Uh, his legacy is more so than oh. some young guy that just, you know, killed himself by accident. Oh. Um, Monteith was 31, Corey Monteith was 31, and he'd basically done glee. I mean, television-wise, yeah. he's ne- he's not – he'd never received an Emmy, whereas, um, yeah, uh, Jack Klugman had received – couple Emmys. And so they didn't mention him at all. They did mention him, but they were doing like uh, uh. Four, four special memorial segments. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm good was at it a musical thing. tribute? Uh, did they do four musical tributes and then just the list of headshots? They the did. Others? They did. I don't know. They did um, special, special tributes to Corey Monteith, um, James Gandolfini, of The Sopranos, of course, Gene Stapleton of All in the Family, comedian Mm. and actor Jonathan Winters, and Family Ties producer Gary David Goldberg. Right. Yeah, the producer of Family Ties. So it was a weird kind of mix, and maybe they threw Corey in there to have um, 
you know, like the Emmy producer said, um, producer Ken Elric said that um, uh, that the awards organisers found themselves in the position to, you know, choose who was and wasn't a- absent. And he said to a younger generation, Corey Monteith's portrayal of Finn Hudson on Glee was highly admired and the producers felt that he should be included along with the four other individuals who have been singled out. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, do you think that's... It, it sounds to me like a situation where you have a, an extremely highly publicised death um, because, you know, he he died when he was still popular and yeah. uh, he died when he was young and it was, you know, an unexpected tragedy and a shock. It would be weird not to mention him at all. Yeah. Um, but the fact that perhaps they, it sounds like... <laughs> And maybe I don't have a right to comment because I haven't seen the Emmys, but it sounds like from what you've said that they continually were highlighting his career over everyone else's. Perhaps that was a bit insensitive and clearly pandering to to popularity. Yeah. Well, was this, yeah. was this just the Emmys version of Miley Cyrus twerking? Well, the, they wanted something for the kids to, to get them mm. in that was going to be yeah, a, a, a bit of a hook. I just think that... Uh, I, I think that it was the wrong decision. I don't think they, that he needed to be singled out with a tribute. I think he should have just been in the mix of yes. people who have died in the mem- in the in memoriam. Yes, it does sound like that would have been was, a bit more. It was more in the news a couple of weeks ago, like whether to have a memoriam for for him or James Gandolfini. I mean, the other guys, I don't yeah, know about. Oh, there would have been no doubt about James Gandolfini. Yeah, he was mm. amazing. He's yeah. Mm. He is in the, you know, annals of television history. His character in yeah. uh, The Sopranos is, you know, but if the sopran- study, if, studied in, yeah. in school. like. But if The Sopranos was still going now and then he just suddenly died midway through filming a season, perhaps it would have been more of a big deal yeah. for people. I, I don't know. A bit like John Spencer in West Wing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and there was a there was a kooky award speech um, by nurse Jackie actor Merritt Weber who she um, she just had no idea that she was going to win and oh, um, and I love so her. she hadn't planned anything because she just assumed that she didn't have a chance because she was up against some you know uh, whatever and she got people. up and basically just she just said you. oh my god thanks uh, I gotta go see her <laughs> like, oh. and just walked out like she just stood there and went uh. so um, but every so everybody was tweeting best speech ever so that was a little bit of excitement and of course um tina fey and amy Poehler are always awesome and they did a little bit of great and stuff but uh everybody's probably seen the grabs by the time we put this on online so we don't need to talk about any other what actually happened. Uh, did, you, yeah. did you enjoy who uh, won yeah breaking bad obviously i mean Best drama. yeah yeah breaking bad Definitely. Well, I don't understand how why Modern Family. I mean, it is. It's really well written and it's a great show. But it seems to like it. It lost it for me after like season two. I hate it. Yeah, I didn't think. I it was hate funny Modern anymore. Family. What? I don't laugh at it anymore. I think it's controversy. What? Yeah. Um, I hate the characters. I think it's mean spirited. I think that it has that sort of really obnoxious sledgehammer over the head type of humor that I've never found funny in American comedy. Um, I but hate it's like two and a half men. It, it, it's, oh Christ! It's, Don't. At least okay, it's intelligently not as bad. Nothing is as nothing bad as, is as, two bad as two and a half men. But yeah, I I also really. Don't like the format of uh, mockumentary television. I think that it rarely. Succeeds. Oh, you don't like talking to camera. I like talking to camera. Didn't like The Office, either version. 
I am not as big a fan of The Office as a lot of people seem to be. I like the American version of The Office because I love Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak's writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I actually prefer the Mindy Project as far you know as a sample of Mindy Kaling's writing because I just prefer that format of television show. And yeah, I just really don't like that. You fake don't like obvious comedy because like. The skit, like Catherine Tate and, you know, Little Britain and stuff, like it's obvious, it's really like you don't have to think too much about it. You like tricksy comedy. You like comedy that you have to think about. Perhaps I do. Intellectual comedy. Perhaps perhaps I'm a fan <laughs> of cerebral comedy, madam. Just going to give you a moment to think about that. Mm. Oh, yeah, good one. Good one. I got that. I got oh. that. Oh. <laughs> See, that's one of those slow burns. <laughs> Was there any was there any other surprising awards that anybody saw? I thought you know Tina Fey winning for writing um, Thirty Rock, Tina Fey and Tracy Wakefield got the writing award. There was an that was award nice. that I thought was um, House of Cards only took one uh, award out, which was for best directing of drama mm. for David Fincher. Is Jim Parsons? Um, is he the who is he in Big Bang Theory? Is he the He's tall Sheldon? All oh, right, yeah. so he won again. What, what's is that, that because he came out? About? Maybe was that a political move? Uh, like I, I mean, I love Jim Parsons, but I don't like Big Bang Theory. I don't it's like bad it either. Yeah, but um, yeah, he came out recently. So, so you think they gave him an award for that? I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty brave to come out in Hollywood still after the to- all these the years. Token gay. The token you you gay. think yeah. that's a possibility? I think it's a possibility. Wow. Okay. Well. No. I think no. You don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I actually, I hope that wasn't the reasoning. It was hosted it by Neil Patrick Harris. I think they were doing it right. Oh, okay, so so they recognised the gays. Good. Yeah. Um, apparently, Jeff Daniels was saying, almost apologising for for winning uh, lead actor in a drama because he was too old. Oh, was that why? Well, he was saying, you know, people my age don't win awards for doing characters like this, and I was thinking, people your age only get the characters like that, like. There's all these old geezers in American um, drama that are, you know, They're it's always tough. middle-aged men. There's no, like, middle-aged women don't get a lot of good Middle-aged role. white mm-hmm. men as well. Yeah, exactly. Walter so. White. and mm-hmm. yeah. Not that he's not an awesome character. Oh, and, my God, he's amazing. Yeah. Although uh, Alan Burstyn did pick up an award there. <gasps> What, yeah, right. what did Ellen Burstyn win for? One uh, for Supporting Actress Miniseries of Movie animals. for Political Animals. Oh, which I haven't seen. I do love Ellen Burstyn, though. Yeah. And Lily Tomlin. Mm. Oh, and she's they, pretty awesome, there too. was there was more gay stuff because Behind the Candelabra oh, yeah. won a few awards. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And Michael Douglas won Best Actor. So well, That's great. Yeah. So that's the Emmys. Tune in again next year for, uh, for more controversy. Or tune in before that, because you can still listen to our show before that, because it'll still be going. Yeah, we'll probably have a couple episodes in between now and, and the next, next Emmys. Yeah. That's my <laughs> joke. <laughs> War three. War three. <laughs> this week, I'm taking aim at, um, it's a bit lame, but cooking shows. Pardon the pun, but I'm full. I've had enough. I'm satiated. I'm over it. Um, I'm going to play a little game, if you guys wouldn't mind joining in. Mm-hmm. Sure. You're up for a bit of a game? Yes, we uh, are. Okay, it's, uh, it's Who Am I? Study. I don't, I don't do impersonations, so just, it's just the content. Um, okay, a little bit of garlic, a bit of chilli, a bit of lemongrass, some ginger. And if are you want to try something, something a little different, you'll want Jamie to try Oliver. some star anise. Jamie Oliver. No, oh. no. Uh, that's, that's Gary Megan. No, that's that's Peter Coravita from 
SPS, my, my Sri Lanka and Spice Trail, etc. Right, yep. Okay, next one. You'll get this. A uh, little bit of garlic, bit of chilli, bit of lemongrass, some ginger, <laughs> ah. and for something a little bit different, maybe some SPS. star anise. You let go from SBS again? Uh, no, yeah, no. Adam, Adam Neal. Yeah, he was the master chef guy and he went on and did Destination Flavour. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, this one, you'll get this one. Right. A little bit of garlic, bit of chilli, bit of lemongrass, some ginger. Harriet. Something <laughs> a little bit different with star anise. Poe. Good, yeah, it's Poe. Po. Yeah, it's Poe. Po. Po. Yeah, well done. That was uh, my second guess. Another one? Okay. Uh, this one's a bit different. Um, bit of garlic, bit of chilli, bit of lemongrass, <laughs> some ginger, and for something a little bit different, some star anise. <laughs> Is that cooking with korma? Sounds like cooking uh, with korma. <laughs> close. Maddo Jaffrey, she's on at the moment ah, with Curry Nation on SBS. Yep. There you go. Uh, Almost the same thing, really. One more, one more. Okay. Almost. This, this Almost. one's easy. This okay. one's easy. Okay, let's, yeah, okay. yeah. Bit of garlic, bit of chilli, bit of lemongrass, some mm. ginger, and for okay. something a little bit different, yep. some star anise. Two fat yep. ladies. No, that's uh, oh, Ed. Oh, yeah. No, Ed Helmagi from oh. Better Homes and Gardens. Oh, there God. you go. Okay. Like, he, um, no. I was going to guess Nigella Lawson, but... Just, just on Ed. I mean, yeah. he does all this healthy cooking, nutritional cooking. Why is he doing ads for Centrum? Like, also, Ed only cooks things that are manly. But if it's good for you, why does he need a bit of A to Z? He's the man. He's the man. He has to put something on a barbecue. Yeah. But why does he need all the additional? Karen, she puts. She does the yeah. lady cooking. Yeah. I don't know. Well, sorry, lady I cooking, don't know. Okay, about lady cooking. I'll lady. do one. I'll, I've got one more. Mm-hmm. Lady cooking. Okay, so we've cut out fifty percent of the population there. This one's a lady. Use the juice if you can. Oh, I only you. ever use the juice. <laughs> That's that gorgeous one from the Cook and Maggie the Chef. Beer? Maggie Beer. Maggie Beer. Maggie. Is so it Maggie Beer? It's yeah. Maggie oh, Beer. Well right. done. Do you know why? Because Verjuice is her... She creates well, she, yeah, she, the she only like so she spruiks it non-stop because the only juice on the shelf has got Maggie Beer's buddy name yeah. on it. But because you, you can't, what is it? It, it's like it's vinegar basically. It's, it's like essence of Maggie. It is. It's her sweat in the bottle. It's her sweat. So, I mean, basically, like all these, it's just got to the point where so they're all pretty much the same. There's something similar about them. Oh. There's something, yeah, there's a similar flavour running through all these shows. Uh, Are you saying there's a homogeneity of cooking show presenters is, uh, on Australian I think, TV? I think it's it's reached saturation point. Um, I think it's time people start realising it's, it's more about the quality of the produce and the food, not not about the person who's actually cooking I thought you know. it was about the person because no. Poe's po kitchen was so engaging because of her. I didn't give a crap yeah, what she was cooking. Bit of garlic, bit of chilli, bit of lemongrass, some ginger, and for something like something different, different. Yeah, a star I remember anise. that recipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's important um, to just continually remind people that those are the core ingredients to good tasting food because it seems like a lot of people I know still haven't caught up to that. Yes, but I mean, th- this whole attempt to inspire people to cook, you know, fancy stuff. You know, at home is it's a bit rubbish. I mean, I've got a pretty simple repertoire at home that I cook. It gets us through. Mm. And if I want if I want something nice and tasty and different, you know, I'll go to a restaurant. I mean, that's what they're for. Or you won't just get a little bit of star anise. I've yeah. never used star anise at home. I go to a restaurant to have star anise. It's I, on the menu. It's I use star anise. Do you know why? Because of cooking shows. And you know what? It's delicious. <laughs> I don't, but I'll I'll go out for it. I don't use it. I mean, wow. you, I mean, you go to your mates for a barbie, you go to your mum's for a roast. Um, I, mean, I don't want to go to my mate's place and have him dish up something that he saw on telly last night. I mean, he's a, he's a tow truck driver. You know, he's not a chef. Mm. You know. 
It's like, mm, yeah, this is really good, mate. What have you done there? You know, what is that? Ducker? Mm, yeah, that's that's awesome, mate. That's um, you know, real good. I just we don't we don't need any more cooking shows. What about I think Iron we have Chef? Rich. How do you feel about Iron Chef? Yeah, they never well, use any of those. That's ingredients. more theatre sports. That's like. Um, it is. It's a knockout. It's, yeah. it's a knockout. I think. I think my with, favorite with crab. My favorite episode of Iron Chef was like when they're about to do the, like they do the big reveal of the secret ingredients and it's Iron Chef lettuce and they all go crazy. But where he bites into that capsicum, like mm. oh, like it's really yeah yeah. Like, this is the best tasting capsicum in the world. Hey, I feel excitement in my in my lady mm. parts when I see that. Whoa. That's Whoa. That's a little extreme. It's pretty exciting. So we need, uh, we need more Iron Chef level uh, cooking competitions and, and less. Do you, uh, li- do you like Iron Chef? Chucking a barbie in a sandpan and putting some star anise in it. Yeah. 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 I'm up for that. But the basic cooking show, done. Dusted. Marion, if you were to watch uh, one thing, tell us what to watch. Well, I'm a bit excited about the season two premiere uh, of Elementary. So the premiere is it's premiering on CBS on Thursday, September 26th. Lucy Liu still in there as his uh, yep, NA uh, as, sponsor. As Watson, uh huh. And there's also um, the the sneak peek that they've shown. The episode features Reese Ifans as Sherlock's brother, Mycroft. And Sean Pertwee as his mentor, Gareth Lestrade. Because uh, Johnny Lee Miller plays Sherlock. Yeah. So was Mycroft in the first season of Elementary? So yeah. In my, in my head, I'm was. trying to separate yeah. uh, Elementary and, and I know, right? Uh, so one. I'm going to revisit Elementary because I love it. I love Lucy Liu. I love Johnny Lee Miller. I love their chemistry. I love it all. He's a crush. Um, Obviously. Spoiler. I know, right, yeah. (laughs) Two two weeks' time, guess who's going to be. You can put – you know how you can bet on everything in Australia? Like you can bet on the weather and shit. Right. You can – people can start betting on Marion's or my crushes. Oh, excellent. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So hot tip, hot tip. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm saying elementary as my what to watch. Rachel. Well, I'm really excited because finally the TV series The Blacklist, starring none other than James Spader, uh, the dreamy brat packer from Sex Lies and Videotape. Sex Lies and Videotape. He's around. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, so he's playing a fugitive. Who's like the the uh, FBI's number one most wanted oh. in America because he's been apparently like selling information to terrorists and he's been on the run for twenty years and suddenly he just shows up at the FBI headquarters and says to them that he's got all this information on these international terrorists that he wants to give to them uh, and help them hunt down these bad guys. So we'll review that uh, in a few weeks. Time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm I very, saw very the ad for this and. I thought it was a little bit twee that he would o- I'll only deal with that one. She's probably like his daughter or, whatever, or something. And she's, she's hot and she's like, 
you know, she's yeah. the, the sexy investigator or whatever, and he's like, I'll only deal with her. Hot, young, just, rookie it FBI looks, agent. It looks a little bit twee, but as yeah. you say, it's him, so I'll have to give it a watch. Give it a yeah. shot this yeah. week. Yeah. Tony. Uh, well, being grand final week. Oh, wow. Are you going to watch the footy? Uh, Gosh. I may. I may watch the footy. But who's no, who's uh, got the grand final this year? Hawthorne and Freeman. I don't know which <laughs> channel <laughs> showing it. Oh, I thought, yeah, which channel? <laughs> <laughs> they don't do. Um, they don't do the swapsies anymore. Do you know what channel, channel you're going to be choosing? Seven. If Mangro, I tell you what, if Mangro Footy covered it, I'd watch that. God, that would be ace. I think I heard that uh, Roy and HG are doing a call of they it. They are. Whoa. Back. It is hard these days though with digital TV because the sync's kind of out. Mm-hmm. If you if you're listening on analog radio, which is in pretty much real time, watching on digital TV, you're getting the call ahead of the pictures. Yeah. But uh, by half time, that doesn't really matter. Sort of you think it'll all be over? Right. Think Hawthorne will uh, be packing up their rooms and what if you're getting ready to get on, on the bus? What if you're listening on your digital radio <gasps> and you're Dad. watching on your digital tally and you're all digitised? I think maybe with digital radio it, it kind of changes depending on how long you've been tuned in for. You could pause it. You could also pause it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know ABC radio on digital doesn't do the hourly pips? Really? Yeah. Because they don't know when the hour is for the listener. It's intriguing. Because there's all this processing time. That's that required. makes sense. Yeah. That's radio, though. Uh, my one thing is uh, Key and Peel uh, back for a third oh, season. Yes. Key and Peel. Oh, it's right. a little yeah, uh, okay. sketch comedy. Yep, yep. Uh, Keegan Key and I can't think of his name. Peel. Someone Peel. Someone yep, Peel. Yep. Yeah, uh, Peel guy. A couple of funny uh, American guys. Uh, they have uh, a famous impersonation of Barack Obama and his uh, minder, um, which is very funny. Um, is that what channel is it on? Like, is it on free to That I'll be getting somebody to send over right. to me. Right, the Post Express. Yep, yep. Excellent. Yep. That's right. Pirate. Oh, yes. What? Rachel, so, uh, yes. where have we strayed tonight? Well... Um, I haven't actually caught you out on any Aha, bad information. <laughs> uh, however, I've uh, investigated further a few of the things that we've said and answered a few questions that have come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the questions that I raised was Stephen Bochco, who you mentioned earlier. Hill Street during, Blues creator. Yes, Hill Street Blues. Um also was the show creator for Doogie Howser, M.D., yep. starring young Neil Patrick Harris, uh, which I remember from my childhood. So just confirm that. Uh, the next question on the list was, who is Larry Emder's co-host on the morning show? It's Kelly Gilly. Ka- sorry, not Kelly. Kylie. Kylie Gillies. Uh. Um, yeah, like Kelly, seven. but a bit more Australian. Right. Uh, yeah, she's um, his co-host on the morning show on Channel 7. Uh, next item, uh, Frances de la Tour. Did we actually mention um, a couple of things for her? One of the things that, that we were saying about... Now, she's the uh, headmistress, of course, in... Um, Big school. We, I think we mentioned that she was the giantess who was the love interest of... Hagrid. Hagrid's love interest on Harry Potter. Thank you, Marion. And also um, our studio guest tonight... Our audience. Our audience, Sophie, brought to my attention that she actually used to be in a 1970s British 
TV series known as Rising Damp. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was the love interest of the the main character in in that television show. Um, and then, last but not least, I couldn't help but bringing up the Wikipedia page on Verjuice. Uh, just to clarify, <laughs> Verjuice from the Middle English Vertjuice, meaning green juice, is a highly acidic juice made by pressing unripe grapes, crab apples, or other sour fruit. Uh, yes, and interestingly enough, there is a full section on the Wikipedia page about Verjuice about Maggie Beer under <laughs> modern resurgence. Um, and talks a little bit about how her uh, Ryan Riesling grapes, um, she couldn't actually sell them. Um, so then she turned them into Verjuice and it became really popular because it's good stuff. My mum cooks with it, so I should know. There you go. Yeah. So that makes it a fact. <laughs> so it's not well, actually Essence of Maggie. That's disappointing, <laughs> isn't it? That's really I think we're all disappointed by that. <laughs> I wanted it to be her beautiful, beautiful tears yeah. from the last episode of The Cook and the Chef. I do love me some Maggie. Well, thanks, Rachel. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Much like the Emmys, this has been a controversial box cutters show again this week. <laughs> Rachel, Mortified. Rachel we, let her true self reveal. She revealed her true feelings. This is this is what happens uh, it, when when we go to the commercial mm. wow. at, at box cutters, as as our, uh, our studio audience will attest Chris, to. Chris smashed shit up and stormed out. Yeah, he got so angry. I know that. Like he sh- he just comes across as passive aggressive on mic, but then he just smashes the place up. And you know, we should talk about him pork. That we can't watch every single show on television. Oh, so of when we, we can't say, watch every so single. When we, so when I say things like, I hate reality TV, all reality TV is awful, which, wow, that was a really good impression of myself yeah. last week, wasn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. That was spot on. <laughs> Actually, I uh, took it from last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, yeah. thanks. Um, I haven't watched every reality television show in existence because I probably would have to have 73 different screens going can at the I, same time. Can I just exactly. put out there that I think there are a couple of like really great reality television That's right, shows? exactly. Like yeah. Hoarders? Yeah. No, Hoarders is You disagree? Because do you get to feel self-righteous because these people are horrible people? Yeah. No, I, no, not, bad. I, not at all. I, I feel but that... That's the purpose. Of, the purpose of it is to make you feel good by showing you how pathetic other people are. Really? Because when I see Hoarders... I actually really relate to the hoarders because that's what my house looks like. They're a fire hazard. And then I have this dream that someone will come into my house someday and just clean it up with, as with a public service. Are you going to go missing and then someone's... We're going to see a news <laughs> report about a woman found under a pile of magazines. And dead cats. Yeah. Yes. Aww. Yes. W- I'm- Women's Day from 1963. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know I had seven cats. <laughs> Who knew that? Not me. Uh, yeah, I think Hoarders is great. I think... Um, embarrassing bodies. Embarrassing bodies is great. I, I think that that is it's educational. Who knew that everyone in in the UK had an STD? All about the <laughs> vagina. <laughs> How often do you get to watch like a full like hour of TV about vaginas? 
that is on the a other public night on SBS, TV there was a there was PG. a documentary about exactly. female masturbation. Uh, it's actually that's se- beautiful. It, there's a, there, it I missed that. Can we get Friday on SBS? Yeah, I would really like to see that on SBS this week. Yeah. Yeah, there was a no. It was boring. It was awful. It was this, uh, it was this French documentary maker, and she uh, she made a film interviewing these boring old French women talking about touching themselves, and it was like uh, this is the most uninteresting thing I've ever seen, and it's on like one of my really favorite boring. subjects, like really, yeah, because I saw it and went awesome. Mary, masturbation. Let's make our own documentary <laughs> yeah, let's about women's masturbation. I yeah. think it would be awesome, and we'd probably end up talking about. Jay Duplass, quite a yeah. bit. Or is it Mark Duplass? Oh, no, that's his yeah. brother is Jay, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, just lots of Both. cute boys. And, yeah. and then, yeah, let's just not even try to imagine where that <laughs> would go. Um, sounds like a load of wank. <laughs> oh, oh wow. good one. On. I would say thumbs up, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and the other, the other good uh, reality TV show is the Canadian series. I think there have been other series as well, but I think it started out as a Canadian series, Intervention, which my sister got me onto when she moved to Canada, and it is exactly that. It's just... Um, Drug, alcohol. Yeah, just Gambling. a bunch of people getting together, the family gets together, they bring in some mental health professionals and addiction professionals, and they all have an intervention for a person with an addiction. Is and it then they interview a, everyone. Is it just a party? My friends want to do an intervention on me. Um, do you just get dip? Do you do you it bring? Really, what, do you, being so fabulous. Do you bring your own drinks? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that would be deeply, deeply inappropriate, Marion. I mean, just from your description of it, though, Rachel, that that sounds like some of the worst exploitation I've heard of. Yeah, it sounds like, pretty like, bad. Again, this why? Is why like, do you need cameras for that? Yeah, the whole thing about reality television because is it, like it finds people who are vulnerable, very vulnerable, yes. and the producers can take advantage of, and who will sign a release form um, to you know, like there was this awful because it it actually shows like drug addicts as like human bad. beings. Like it, I think that it's actually. Yes, yeah, but and it I agree with you. Their dignity. It yeah, is exploitative, but then on the other hand, it has interviews with the addicts and with their family, and the way that I've seen it presented is in a fairly sensitive way. But it just you, shows you, them as human beings. Can you not get that from somewhere else? That's not a reality TV show. You like. mean like that would be a documentary yeah, series? Yeah. Like a documentary, like Exile on Main Street. Actual professionals. Exile on Main Street. They are actual professionals. They are actual professional addiction experts and and maybe maybe you'd call it a documentary series and not a reality. I mean, what's the line between a reality TV show and and a documentary series? Uh, You know, there is. Uh, Maybe I want to check it out now. Yeah, I I've, I've watched a bit of it on YouTube, and I do see where you're coming with the exploitation side of it. So there is a little bit of me that sort of questions, but at the same time, I start watching it, and I can't stop watching it because it's this real human oh, drama. I'm the same. God, that what what was that one with the little kids? The um, t- tantrums, tantrums, and tiaras. Oh, like the worst kind of awful. exploitation there. Yeah. But uh, it's like you can't look away. It's a car accident. Yeah, and you can't stop looking at it. Like yeah. it is, it's so addictive. Like and it, I, I think know, that's I sort of shitloads of reality television. I think that's where the idea of reality television originally came from, showing the real human experience. Mm. But the problem with it is it's become more and more scripted and re- less and less reality. Yeah. So now it's just kind of a joke. We had a uh, Sylvania Waters um, in 
uh, it was the early 90s in Australia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was my first experience of reality television. It was this awful um, family from Sydney. Wow. From Sylvania Waters. Sylvania Waters. Yeah, I haven't yeah, heard of it. And they were rich, but they were like, they were new money. So they were total uh, bogans who had cups. just become... Cashed up bogans, yeah, yeah. Cashed up bogans. Mm. A little and, bit um, like the bogan family in in uh, yeah, Clark, very much so, very much so. Right, yeah. And um, and it was it was the first reality television show in Australia, and mm-hmm. one of the first in the world, like mm. um, the, in that format where wow. where it was kind of a little bit scripted, maybe like they right. were kind of prompted to do have certain conversations and do certain things, right? Yep. And um, and it was there was so much fallout in the family, you know, like the the daughter and her uh, the son and the, his wife would got divorced over it. And oh wow! The family kind of fell apart, and there were that's really quite tragic and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. And and there were like government ministers that were yeah. that were commenting wow. on her alcoholism. And, mm. Wow! Yeah. So yeah, and it was on ABC. Yeah, it was a co-production with uh, the B- uh, not BBC. Yeah, I think BBC. Yeah, there you go. There Reality you go. television. Yeah, not all bad. No, I think we. I think we just assessed it as awful. <laughs> it is. It's all bad. Except yeah. for, except for the ju- the junkies that have their interventions. Yeah. <laughs> And on that, that brings us to the end of Box Colors, oh. episode 353. Did you have more, no. no, I'm just sad that it's over because I was enjoying it so very much. I'd like to thank uh, everybody that's contributed to, to the episode this week, especially our live studio audience. <laughs> I do continue to be Brett Cropley. I am Marion Blythe. I've been Rachel Howe. And I'm the Angry Old Man. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Peace out. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, whose studios we use to record this show pretty much each and every week. The show is produced by Brett Cropley with Marion Bly, Rachel Howe, Chris Rankin, Chris Tuddy, and the very handsome Dave Lawson. Brett Cropley records, edits, and produces the audio. Peter Wilson keeps everything nicely greased up on the internet end. If you enjoyed this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Tell three friends, write emails, post on Facebook, and tweet about us. It means so much to us and spreads the word. Send us your thoughts, feelings, and deepest secrets through the Contact Us form on the blog at boxcutters.net. Thanks, as always, to Josh Canal. It's all kind of different without you. We, have we got feet? Do people hate us? I don't know. Like, they're, they're saying stuff you? online, aren't they? They're saying they don't yeah. like us. People, don't. people don't usually like me. Oh, it takes a I few. like you. Yeah, you, you're a discerning person. Ah, yeah, it's because <laughs> I'm smart. Like? Oh, no, are they going to hate me for saying that? They're going to hate me for saying that. Sound up myself. Saying that you're so smart. Yeah, shh. Mm. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. How do you make people like you? I think candy. Candy. I think we should do we should do something where we send everybody out. Yeah, everyone, everyone. Let's send everyone candy. I think that's a really good idea. I mean, it's. I mean, pedophiles do it, but yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I actually think when I was a kid, I also really liked juice. Maybe we should send people juice. Juice boxes. Yes, juice boxes. Send them a prima. Also, they're really cheap. They're cheaper than candy. They're like a dollar, right? Or how much do they cost? Oh no, I'm talking like mates or or like buds or whatever. Like one cent. Okay, uh, look, I haven't been in school in a really long time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And those one cent lollies are probably now 20 cents each. Oh, 
God, that's a, that's an expensive. I don't know. That's Brett, an expensive you know, piece of bribery. You know when you can get one cent mates? No, no. Where? Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.